0: Hello and welcome to Hollow Hollow Hangouts. Uh, my name is Edwin. I'm your host, and along here is uh, Pam.
1: Hi, I'm Pam. I'm our co-host.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we are glad that you can join us and hang out. Uh, we're gonna talk about what's going on in the Filipino world. Um, so what have you been doing, up? What have you been doing, Pam?
1: I. Um, just, oh, I'm sorry. I was just, uh, (laughs) reviewing my Tagalog notes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Tagalog class.
1: Yes, I took a Tagalog class that was offered through the CSFA.
0: How was that?
1: It was good. It was good. It was actually very, uh, no, I learned, I learned a lot. Okay. So my background before the Tagalog classes is that I could understand uh, Tagalog. I grew up in a Tagalog uh, speaking household but me and my sister were raised here so so English is our primary language and we could understand Tagalog just by hearing it but we can't really speak it like respond back to it um,
0: Okay. but yeah
1: um, so the Tagalog class is covered with just general talks how to say uh, how to greet people, uh, how to count uh, certain like objects like fruits, vegetables, kitchenware, so, all that stuff. Very and, basic,
0: basic uh, like level one type stuff. Oh yeah, very basic. Yeah. Uh,
1: like, like, well, how, like, what's your background with Tagalog, Edwin?
0: I can understand it. Like, I can get through a movie and know what's going on. You know, and I can find my way around Manila Airport. <laughs> Nino Aquino International Airport. I can find my way around there and how to get, you know, and if you've ever been there, you know, some people speak English, some people can't. It is it is what it is. And in my very broken English and, and charades, they can yeah, speak your to reads. Me. yeah they can speak to me in Tagalog and I know what they're talking about and I can but I, I I can't really speak Tagalog back um
1: okay so you're kind of like where I was yeah like beforehand
0: yeah I mean if I stayed I I have a sneaky suspicion that if I stayed in in Manila for a while like a month I could probably pick up the language um, real quick. But I think it's one of those, like, it's in the back of my brain, because my parents spoke it along with Bisaya, so I could probably, like, maybe take it out of the dusty filing cabinet that is my brain Mm -hmm. and try it, but I can, I mean, yeah, I can understand it, but my primary language in the Philippines was Bisaya, so I can speak Bisaya, I can understand Bisaya, you know, so...
1: Which is different than Tagalog, correct?
0: Yeah, it's a dialect. Tagalog okay. is like the language of the nation, the language of commerce and industry type thing in the Phil- in the Philippines. Bisaya is the language of the south, you know, for such as southern uh, Philippines. You know, and that's where I'm from. It's like I don't know. I mean, it's so. There are different words, you know, for certain different things, mm. like, you know, kan, you know, ka kaun versus Kanin, you know.
1: Kanin, yeah. Yeah,
0: so it's like that.
1: Like, do you know? Do you remember how to like count in Visaya? Oh. Shall we count together?
0: <laughs> well, I know it's like usa, doha, dolo. Opat, lima, and then I know nine was weird. <laughs>
1: okay, so isa, isa, dalawa, dalawa, tatlo. Oh, this is Tagalog. Tatlo. This is Tagalog. I'm... Yeah, dalawa. Yep. Tatlo.
0: Tatlo. Yep.
1: Apat. Yep. I'm oh, sorry. Apat lima.
0: Yep. Anim. Yep. Pito. Wallo. Wallo. Yep. And Sham. Sham. That's the weird one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Nine. Sham yeah, is the weird one. Thump. And <laughs> then, do you know what 10 is? Sampo.
0: Sampo. Yeah.
1: Sampo. And then, <laughs> you know, counting numbers is so, it seems so simple. Because for 11, Labing Ita. 12, Labing la Dawa. Thua. And then you just. La bing, just yeah. La bing, and then
0: whatever it's like, whatever. yeah, it's like, uh, what is it? Like Latin, you know, like the Latin languages where it's like mm-hmm. something, you know, one, something, one. two, something, three, some, yeah. I mean, I go to the Philippines. I'm, I'm usually counting in, 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 Bisaya, but not like one through 10 or anything like that. But it's more like, because if you say someone, I need nine, they'll understand nine, right? In the in, this, in in where I where I go to, but like if you're doing like like for instance, right when I go buy gas in the Philippines, mm-hmm. right, I'll go buy gas and I'll go say something like "isakalibo," right, which means a thousand pesos worth, <laughs> okay. right, something like yeah like that, right, or, or "doha kalibo" or whatever like that. I'll usually say something like that rather than you know. Like, you know, fill her, you know, fill her up, please. Or whatever, you know, or, you know, you know, it's like I'm more my language abilities is to get by and, you know, like the common folk type thing, you know. But if you sat me down in elementary school and I was the teacher told me to count to 10 in front of the class, I'd probably run away.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, now you can
0: I I remember CM. I remember CM was like the weird one. (laughs)
1: Um, Nine. Yep. Um. And I think if you compare Tagalog with at least all the other languages that you know, everyone else knows, like Spanish and French and everything. Yeah. I I like how they stress out um, respect. Yeah. Like like when are elders, it's the
0: the po or the the po. Yep. Opo.
1: Yep. Yep. Um, and, uh, unlike Spanish, I don't, there's no, like, el or la. It's just.
0: Yeah. There whatever. is no. The thing about is masculine fel- or feminine. Yeah. I mean. There's, there's nothing. I mean, I guess, you know, the, you know, non-binary people will love this. There is no pronouns really. No. Nope. In, in Tagalog or Visaya, Like there's no he or she in terms of like saying, you know, like, La or La or L or La.
1: So you don't have to worry about whether if that table is masculine or feminine. Exactly.
0: It's it's the way (laughs) Yeah, it's the way who it's who you say it to and who you're referring it to, right? Yeah. Is basically how you find out whether or not it's a guy or gal.
1: I think it's implied. It's implied,
0: yeah. It's really it's weird that way, and I will tell you. Learning ESL when I was a kid, doing he, she, him, her, messed me up. And I think (laughs) it still messes me up to this day. Because sometimes I will catch myself saying he to to a female and Mm -hmm. she to a guy. And I don't know. I'm surprised I haven't gotten beaten up by that.
1: Well, I think that's, uh, (laughs) I remember when growing up, I think that was. I now understand why my parents, particularly my dad, would sometimes like refer to a girl as a he. Yeah. And it's because there's no pronouns that they used back there. It, they don't. They don't. It's one less thing for them to worry about.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, Filipinos um, like like quick, quickness and shortcuts. <laughs>
1: I mean. Yeah. So. You know, I I always made fun of my parents, but looking back at it, I now understand why, you know, sometimes they get mixed up.
0: Yeah. Oh, I kind of like how them. they
1: sometimes mixed up my <laughs> me and my sister. Sometimes they would call me by my sister's name and
0: vice versa. <laughs> well, there's a reason why my brother and I are 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 named this or oh, practically the same. Edwin and um and my brother Erwin. Erwin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a reason behind that, right? It's my, my mom used to say, the, you know, like, because I can, because if I yell your name, one of you will answer, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> that works. That yeah. Works. So, I mean, there's a, there's a method to the madness, I guess you could say, <laughs> you know. So, um,
1: I enjoyed my, I enjoyed taking Tagalog classes. It, it was very, uh, I, I. I i i like learning languages and learning yeah. the Gog just made it more personal for yeah. me because it's my it's my parents uh language the problem is is that now that now that the classes are over i have n- no one else to uh to practice it with
0: oh spend spend some time at the at the meetings and societies i'm pretty sure you'll, that they will you'll
1: even my even my parents <laughs> uh Whenever there's like video chat and they would, they would remember that I'm taking Tagalog class. I was like, oh, and then I mentioned just this whole entire sentence in Tagalog.
0: I'm
1: like,
0: And
1: there was a one time when I, when I was like, can you please, can you please set up a a chat room for everyone in the family? And I'm like, okay, and then they all freaked out. Oh, wow. Yay. I'm like, baby steps. I'm learning.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) So if we ever, so if if Angela and I and you and and Jeff ever go to the Philippines, Manila, we expect you (laughs) and Angela to get us through Manila airport.
1: And you can... He <laughs> goes to taxi cab. <laughs> You're going to have to relearn your Visaya as well. <laughs> so that's what I've been doing. Uh, and that was,
0: you know, the thing is, it was so short. It felt really short. How long was it? What? The classes.
1: Ah, uh, there was like a handful of classes. Like six classes in total?
0: Oh, wow. Oh, Eight. They should have a part two.
1: <laughs> oh, they, they CSFA is gonna offer some more Tagalog classes. That's good. I don't know if it's a repeat of this class or if it's gonna be the next level up. Yeah. But uh, they they are still gonna offer Tagalog classes yeah. if anyone is interested.
0: Hopefully, hopefully after the the Corona ends, you know, one of the things I would say was like they should like hey let's meet in a cafe and speak only in Tagalog.
1: <laughs> i know i know other uh societies have done that in the past and i'm pretty yeah. sure csfa can do the same oh yeah well. i'm sure they can. i would like to yeah
0: before <laughs> i get rusty let's have some halo-halo while we speak together okay
1: <laughs> edmund what's up with you
0: um well here's the thing pam gave me a new cookbook uh for christmas <laughs> and we talked about this in our other podcast ddnd and i'm so excited i am so excited to have this because i've apart from the csfa um cookbook that i got from last philippine day which is funny because my parents bought it a long 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 time ago but they took mm-hmm. it back with them to the Philippines. <laughs> I don't know why. It's like they can't find a Filipino food there. But um, this is my second full-on Filipino cookbook, and it is exciting because there's some Filipino dishes in here that I grew up with that I can't wait to make and made from a Filipino-American... Uh, named alvin kailan which is he is the uh he's a he's a professional chef in california um he actually he has a he has a show on youtube called the burger show and full filipino and he the thing is this book doesn't this cookbook isn't like a cookbook full of recipes and that's it he actually talks about where the recipes come from what's behind them like there's a lot of recipes in here that's from his family and from his from his relatives and he cooks them and shows you, you know, and shows you how to cook them. And I just can't wait because there's so many pictures in here. It's making me hungry and I haven't had lunch yet. <laughs> so Um I can't wait. And we did have a challenge for our other show that's based on this book. So if you want to find out what that challenge is go tune in to ddnd dungeons diners and dinings and dorks um which is our other podcast and you'll find out but thank you pam i'm in (laughs) i've just started reading this i you know we i just started reading this and i mean there's a trap to hear on on his parents his lola you know yes and he did the same thing 10 summers in a row in the philippines guess who also did uh had summers in the philippines Me, <laughs> so it's you know i can i can safely say that you know i i know his uh i guess you know it's, it's like he kind of i think he may have grown up a little bit like how i grew up with you have to go back to the philippines and find out where he came from kind of thing so <laughs>
1: I, think, I think i had a similar thing too but i never followed through with
0: that yeah. <laughs> So um,
1: yeah, yeah. I was looking. I was trying to search for the perfect Christmas gift for, for uh, you guys, and I was like, well, uh, let's, let's check out what's uh, you know Filipino inspired gifts, and that was like among the top choices. And I was like, perfect.
0: Yeah, I'm beginning to think he's from the area. I have to read the book, but I, I'm, I'm almost. Yeah, me too. I'm about i I'm about seventy percent sure that he may be his family's like the same area as my family or central like central philippines or southern philippines around there but who um, knows maybe i'm wrong i have to read you know read the book to find out so, so yes for those that are
1: inter- <laughs> are interested it's it's called amboy
0: amboy sorry i forgot the title amboy and it's by Elvin kailan you can find you can it, it on it amazon out.
1: yeah you can find it in any bookstore pretty much but, yeah.
0: So cool. That's so, Pam, there's yes. one more thing that you did since our last, our last episode, and it had something to do with the anniversary of a certain hero, hero yes. of the Philippines. Hero. Hero. Okay.
1: Okay. So uh, CSFA Cultural Society. Of Filipino Americans here in Minnesota hosted an online event that marks the death anniversary of Jose Rizal and uh, when I attended it I was kind of hoping that I could you know get like a glimpse of what he has done I know that he was a hero but I wanted to know what exactly he did what what it was it was actually a bunch of people celebrating his life by song and recitation and it was basically a it was a talent show it was an online talent show which is there's nothing wrong with talent shows us filipinos
0: Filipinos love their talent shows
1: (laughs) us filipinos love showing off our talents whether it be singing writing dancing anything we just like we like it. That's a stereotype, which is true. But <laughs> you have to admit, we are very good. De- uh, there were there were a lot of good performances it,
0: out there. You turned on you turn on GMA or ABS-CBN when, when it was on. Um, two things you can guarantee on, right? Soap operas and talent shows. And that's <laughs> <Yeah>. it.
1: <laughs> well, what made this one very like. It was not just the CSFA. It was they were. It was a collaboration between all the Filipino associations. Oh, missile, so it. Uh,
0: so FMA was there.
1: There was like a bunch, Philman. like more than five organizations that helped make nice. this thing true. So I was like, I did not know that there were that many.
0: God, there's a lot.
1: Filipino <laughs> associations. Mm-hmm. So that was nice to know that everyone just collaborated collaborated uh with it um so
0: so what did you so what did you think about like some of the things you saw
1: are you talking about like the talent in general or or what it was about Rizal?
0: Like, like you said, you said you said recitations. Are they like orations? So, A lot of people don't know what that is here in the United States, actually. So
1: it's bas- yeah. So it's basically recitations of what of short poems of Rizal's uh, of Rizal's work. Okay. They recited it in English, Spanish, and Tagalog. Okay. Um, let me see here. There, there were. Uh, let's see here. There were songs that are very Filipino-centric, like "Ako ay Filipino" was sung.
0: Oh, the second lashal anthem of the Philippines. Yes, there was even.
1: <laughs> there was a, a spectacular. I liked the performances from the the Dawi sisters. Okay. I'm not quite sure if they're twins or not, but they have they have their own website. Interesting. They're both. I'd like to say that they are pro- they are professional uh, instrumentalists. They did their rendition of Ave Maria. Uh, someone sang their version of Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. Uh, also, this
0: wasn't like purely like we're gonna sing, you know, like Kundiman music or folk music of the Philippines during the time of.
1: Yes, there was also even. A dance, a folk dance called uh, what's it called, Paseo de Ilo Ilo. Have you heard oh, of it?
0: Oh wow! Yeah, okay. Is that? Yeah. Is, I, 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 if I see it, I know what it is.
1: It's basically a is like a r- courtmanship dance, usually performed like in a with adults oh. in folklore dresses and
0: garb. um and they, they were. They wearing like barons or were they wearing?
1: Yeah. Okay, so, so
0: that's a that's a formal dance then.
1: Yeah. Um yeah, so it's basically that dance is about like courtmanship. Yeah. It's usually involved one woman and like this this had supposedly should have like three or four men. And it's basically yep. her trying to figure out which she's which one he which wants
0: to go with. She's gonna choose.
1: <laughs> it's very and it's very uh spanish inspired
0: yeah i think but i've seen that before in one of the pamanos yep so
1: <laughs> i mean it's very i i liked it i mean it's very if you love the arts you would love yeah. going to any filipino what, event
0: you know one thing about uh, one thing about the time of jose rizal that's when like these filipino what they call it the maria clara dances or the maria clara suites right suite of dances where it's like formal dances with like it's like basically the rich would mm-hmm. dance like it's like akin to like it's akin to like the minuet dances of of the colonial period yeah. you know yeah. or the or the or the regency period of of great britain you know mm-hmm. it's so beautiful like it's so It's so formal. The music is great. I mean, they had like some places. You know, they'll actually have a full-on like rondola band doing it. You know, like a guitar. You know, a guitar orchestra, which is something to see and something to hear. And these dances that happen. Um, Yeah, I mean, if you ever get a chance to like go to like one of these dances, and the CSFA does it over at the over at Festival of Nations. Um, whenever that's going to happen again, <laughs> and or the Pomana, which was supposed to be the, in twenty twenty was when they were supposed to do the Pomana. Yeah. And hopefully they can do it in twenty twenty one, but it's something to see. And it's something to experience, you know. Like we take one thing that CSFA does seriously is is the cultural dances.
1: Yeah, um, and I I honestly think that their selection of songs, dance, and citations, I think, embodied what Jose Rizal stood for. Yeah. And if anyone knew who Jose Rizal was, he is a Filipino hero, but he was also very educated. Mm
0: -hmm. He was a
1: polymath, which basically he was heavily influenced in the sciences, and the arts. Yep. I think they also mentioned that he knew like twenty-two languages and most of his writings were were in Spanish, but he was also fluent in French, uh, Tagalog, English, and yep. I'm pretty sure other languages as
0: well. Yeah, he was a smart dude. <laughs> that's that's well, for sure.
1: I did a quick search on his Wikipedia page and he what was it? He learned ah, where was it? Like he learned to like read and write at. He learned the alphabet from his mother at three. Could read and write at age five.
0: There you go. And he looks like
1: he studied in the Philippines, but then he took his education to. Uh, let me see, Brussels, I think. Yeah,
0: Europe. Yeah. Brussels
1: and Spain. Yep. Which, I believe, I believe that's was kind of the norm yeah right right? yeah i mean
0: one of the things that people don't know about about filipinos way back in the day was that since they were colonized by by spain right Mm -hmm. they could go to europe and if you could afford it which a lot of people you know you'd have to have some some privileged life to to -hmm. actually go to europe to study but there are I mean, a lot of the folk heroes, a lot of the heroes of the Philippines. All right, Rizal, you know Luna, uh, General Luna. They all they they all studied in Europe, you know, of whatever their their uh, their profession was. I mean, I I think Luna was a chemist, and it became like a typesetter or something like that in the Philippines, or something Mm -hmm. like that. I could be wrong, but he was one of those guys like like Rizal, where you could. You know they learned languages they learn they learn like from western europeans like like known schools and they came back to the philippines with their education and tried to make a difference and oh yeah yeah and it's it's i mean we'll probably you know like if you really want to know about about during this time period in the philippines of like the you know the turn of the century was it 1875 I want to say like 1910 or something like that um there's a lot of these Filipinos that took that opportunity to go and get their learning on over in Europe and bring it back and you'd be surprised you know what you learn about that but yeah Rizal folk hero um you know known as I think he's yeah he's the one that's known as like the father of the Philippines or something like that like he's, a, I mean, there's parks named after him. There's a big statue in Manila of him, right? Every, yeah. the places that he, he lived and breathed are now historical monuments. <laughs> you know, it's, he's a big deal. Like he was the, you know, he was like probably, you know, probably, you know, he was one of the founding fathers of the Philippines and he was learned. He was a diplomat. You can read his stuff. They're they're out there and they're translated.
1: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) he has a pretty impressive resume. He was an umphalmologist. I don't know what that is. Uh, A sculptor, painter, educator, farmer, historian, playwright, journalist. Besides poetry and creative writing, he dappled with various degrees in architecture, cartography, economics, ethnology. Anthropology, sociology, dramatics, martial arts, fencing, pistol shooting. He was also Freemason. He was a very busy guy.
0: <laughs> I am very. Uh, I feel very lazy now. <laughs> so
1: we gotta um, we gotta amp up our uh, <laughs>
0: career. No kidding. <laughs> just... uh, <laughs> I have to. I have to think about my life's choices now.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and, and here it... we are, just making a podcast. Oh um,
0: no. uh, well, yeah. One of the things is too about Rizal is that he was—he was, you know, he was a folk hero, and he was—he uh, was executed by the Spanish mm-hmm. um, for the things that he was doing to try to free, you know, try to make the Philippines independent. Right. You know, he was considered—I guess we could say—he was a rabble rouser. You know. <laughs> Um, Rebel scum. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, I forgot when did he when did he when did he die? Oh sure. Right at right as I closed the. Oh radio yeah. Radio play. <laughs> <laughs> um, um. I know the place that he was like. I know the place that he was executed is now like a national, like historical uh, landmark died, too. So.
1: He died December thirtieth, eight. 18- 1996, Rizal
0: 1996. Park. Yeah, Rizal Park. There. Yeah. National Historical Mine. He made a park where he was he was executed. Great. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. You know, I, yeah, so Pam learned some things, learned, you know, but there's more to learn. I do have a copy of El, uh, El Filibusterismo somewhere in my library that I read and it's one of those books where it gets really deep and it is written in Tagalog. So it's kind of like, it gives me a headache. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm trying to find a, I'm trying to find a, a translated version of it somewhere. I'm sure it is somewhere, but.
1: I think I have a novel, uh, somewhere. And I began reading that when I was a teenager and, you know, back at the time I was just not interested in learning about, you know, history and politics. But now that I am more mature, I might, I might give it a go, and that may yeah. maybe I would understand it better. Give
0: it a go, yeah, definitely. I, you know, if you, to the listeners here, if you ever wanted to learn something about Philippine history and our history and how we became independent, there are two uh, historical movies on Netflix. On that one is General General Luna with an H. Henry Luna, and the other one is Goyo, and both of these—they're historical dramas, they're historical document documentaries. But you know, it gets—it's not like it's—it's a—it's a—it's a movie, right? It's not a documentary, so it's—it's um, it's a good sort of like landing, you know, like it's a good place to start to find out um, Philippine history. It tells you like, you know, Henry Luna's uh um you know pretty rough relationship with the with the fledgling government of the Philippines during the annexation of the Philippines with the United States. And then it also takes care you know, it also in Goyo sort of is a is a sequel to that. So
1: Okay. Well I might so, yeah. have to check it
0: out. Yeah, check it out. So
1: um, so, Edwin, what is going on in the Philippines? Anything that we should
0: share? Yeah, let's us? let's talk about the news. All right, so yeah, I like my bumper there. Uh, <laughs> um. All right, so apparently. The biggest story right now in the Philippines is that there's a big travel ban that's happening in terms of uh, the new variant of CoVID 19. yes, there's a new variant of CoVID 19 if you haven't heard that was discovered in the UK it now made its way to the United States, Singapore, Japan, and all the other and all the rest um, the flagged um, I just had it on my finger okay the uh the flagged uh, countries that are restricted from f- traveling to the philippines and from the philippines are you know i just have okay are france australia canada germany south africa singapore and japan and i don't know if, during the time of this writing i don't know if the united states got added on to that but there is a, the variant did make landfall in colorado and california Right. especially California because a lot of flights take off to the Philippines in California. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's restricted now, but just keep in mind, you know, it's as far as the, as much as the Philippines is trying to contain COVID-19 there, I don't think they need a new strain, especially when they don't even have the vaccine yet. <laughs> nope. So...
1: Um. Does the article uh, say anything regarding if there is a variant, if the new variant was found in the Philippines yet?
0: No. It no, doesn't okay. say. During the Times right no, it doesn't say, but I think they're just taking precautions at this point okay. to make sure that it doesn't make landfall in the Philippines. Oh, well, that's good. So, yeah. But, you know, who knows when they're going to get the vaccine. Hopefully they get the vaccine sooner rather than later. But, again, yeah. someone sort of – in the last podcast – Someone missed you know didn't turn in their homework apparently. So I'm hoping that um you know they can correct that mistake and get the get either the Moderna or the Pfizer one there. Get something. Get something. So (laughs) yeah. So hopefully
1: our family in the Philippines are doing okay over there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um so that's that's the news right now in the Philippines. Um the news here. What's the news here? Uh
1: all I know is that we do have vaccinations. It's just that it's not it's not getting uh handed out more because basically the government's like, "Here, here's the vaccine." Yeah. "Do with it." Um and the people in the hospitals are like we're kind of booked here. <laughs> yeah,
0: you're,
1: you're here. You're here telling us, oh, just do it. That's just another thing on their plate that they don't have enough hands to. Yeah.
0: To plan that out. Yeah, I mean, there's some. I still have. Um, I don't know if we can actually travel from the Philippines to the United States yet. My my aunt is still stuck over there in the Philippines. Oh no. So <laughs> she's been stuck there since I I came back. Since we went there in January, so she's been there for almost a year <laughs> now. So it's uh, hopefully you know she'll make a return to the United States. Is, um,
1: is she staying with family at least?
0: Yeah. Well, she's staying at the town of. She's staying at the town of my parents. Um, she's staying with the with the, I guess you could say the clan <laughs> over there. Um, okay. yeah yeah okay so she's there she's she's healthy she's she actually she was um for some crazy reason um like there's some power issues or electrical issues in my in the in the town that where my parents come from where i came from so they've been leaked they've been uh they were without power for a while and now they're taking power from the house that my brothers own now (laughs) so so yeah so it's so it's 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 a thing you know and hopefully you know power and everything can get restored back there but um that's good yeah but it's it's uh it's it's one of the benefits of of your family owning an entire compound so (laughs) There you go. There you go. So, okay, so moving on. uh, One thing we found out too uh, in the past week is that here in Minnesota, something, a big deal is happening with the Filipino community. It might not be a big deal for other folks, uh, other cultures, but it's definitely a big deal here because We rarely see something like this. Edwin (laughs) Yeah. There's a local Filipino grocery store that's going to open up in New Brighton. And Mm. I am excited about it because it's near me. (laughs) And I don't have to (laughs) and I don't have to travel all the way to the south to Burnsville to go to get my Filipino stuff. Or go to the east to St. Paul to get said groceries. Now I can just go to New Brighton, and I am oh. a okay with that. so oh, you're
1: lucky. You're <laughs> just lucky, okay? I live like half an hour west of the cities, yeah. and like there won't <laughs> be any way that there will be a gross, uh, Filipino grocery store
0: unless Pam opens up one herself. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but no, I, when I when Edwin shared the article with me, it it kind of reminds me of back in the day. Um, there weren't any like Filipino centric grocery stores. No, there was like one.
0: There was like one, and that was it.
1: And and I know that there are like general Asian markets, but they like have like only a select few like yeah. filipino products
0: yeah there was only one me grow, okay when i grew up in the here in the united states there was only one filipino store that my parents knew of and this was back in like the mid 80s to late 80s and that was cora's, cora's oriental market in west st paul and that was it and we lived in the West. We lived in we lived in um, Clear across the Twin Cities, mm-hmm. and growing up, we would make a pilgrimage, at <laughs> least at least once or twice a month, to West Saint Paul, to pay homage to the only Filipino Oriental market in the Twin Cities, and <laughs> it was it was. You know, when we found out about it, when my parents found out about it, they were ecstatic. And once we got there, we found out that she rented Filipino movies. And then my mom got ecstatic. And she wouldn't <laughs> rent. And this is how I found out about, I got a taste of Regal Films and Viva Video. Oh, was, Viva. <laughs> Yeah. was because of these videos that she would rent from this Oriental market in... You know, in in West St. Paul. And we would bring it home, and we would watch it. And then somehow we befriended the owner. It's like, oh, yeah, you can keep it for two weeks. So we (laughs) had these videos for, like, two weeks. I couldn't watch them because I had no idea what was going on, right? (laughs) And I just I distinctly remember the sound sucked in these movies. Like, they were so muffled. It's like... It was like someone did whoever the sound engineer was was basically using like like one of those, you know, like a cassette tape and in an, in a boombox. <laughs> and that was about it. <laughs> you know. But yeah, it's really exciting to find out the the um um the name of the the name of the grocery store that New Brighton's called Filipino Village Grocery. Specifically grocery uh, Filipino Foods. Um, it's gonna be in New Brighton. I can't wait. I will probably go there and see what's up and see how it is. I'm yeah. hoping I'm hoping it'll be just as good as Watson's in Burnsville.
1: See, <laughs> I'm the only Filipino grocery store uh, that I grew up with it was the Phil American one in University Avenue. Yeah, um, I don't know if you would consider that Filipino. Oh yeah, but... it's definitely
0: Filipino. Okay, grocery store, definitely.
1: That was me. We always had to make a trek from the western suburbs all the way over to Saint Paul, which, um, I don't know, it's not exactly the safest, I should say.
0: University <laughs> Avenue in the nineties.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I didn't like. I didn't like the parking lot. Cause the parking lot is just oh sh- it's shady very small. It's,
0: it's still shady it's small oh, yeah and...
1: but it was <laughs> at the time that was the only one that my parents yeah. knew and yes they did uh they did have videos that we could rent
0: yep <laughs>
1: and i do remember viva and that's how i knew about the vic and joy and oh
0: yes and Watch every single shirt that. But
1: now I now I see all these Asian other Asian, just in general Asian Yeah. Uh, grocery stores pop up. There's Uni Deli, which is I believe the most popular. Like almost everyone like Uni Deli? Uni deli or United Noodle.
0: United Noodles.
1: United Noodle is the grocery portion of it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um I still yeah. need to try out uh Watson's, is it yeah. in Burnsville? So United and, Noodles.
0: United Noodles was there before. It was Cora's, and then after that, it was United Noodles for me.
1: Okay, and I then, never knew about United Noodle yeah. until like when I, you know, when I became an adult and I yeah. was looking for Asian markets and restaurants and everything, and you, you yeah. and United Noodle. If, like everyone knew, especially yeah. the non-Asians. Like, okay. Well,
0: that was because I don't know who spilled the beans, but. United, I, I guess, you know, United Noodles probably did something to, like, get their name out there. But United, if you ever – people who are not from Minnesota or not who don't live here in the Twin Cities, United Noodles is in a warehouse, in yeah. back of a warehouse. And it's, like, one of those things you would never find – you would never figure out that there was a grocery store behind a warehouse. And it it was, like, one of those, like, best-kept secrets of, like – like even the Filipino community here because we knew who the owner was of mm-hmm. United mm-hmm. Noodles. And I think it belongs to their son now or something like that. But the the owners used to be a patron of the societies, mm-hmm. especially, especially the CSFA. So we knew who they were. And word got out that there was this... this it wasn't even like Filipino. It was just like a like an Asian market. Or yeah, back then it was Oriental. It was it was United and it was Oriental. And it was literally like it was like a third the size of what they are now. Back there. There was no eating area. The whole oh, entire yeah. it was basically the only thing that was there was the like everything to the left and that was it.
1: Would you say that United Noodle is like the largest Asian market in Minnesota or no?
0: No, I wouldn't say so. Like, like, like Schwanghor has two stores. Dragon Mm. Star has two stores. Okay. There's a Dragon Star that looks like a, that looks like a as big as a Lunderlies over here in, in Maple Grove. Okay. You know, so it's not like, I don't think they're the biggest one, but they're the one more well-known ones especially yeah, well known, yes yeah because they're the they're one of the oldest i mean again you know we found out about united noodles like in 19 like really early 1990 and i think
1: and i think the reason why is because i i knew it because of the restaurant the yeah. i just heard that they served excellent ramen and
0: yep and whatever.
1: back then it was it was
0: good we used to. No. I remember. I remember singing Christmas carols in United Noodles. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was way back when. No, this was during the CSFA. Um, was it early two thousand three? I want to say two thousand two. When we were doing fundraising with the CSFA, and I was I was sitting on the board of the CSFA at the time. We would go around raise money by bringing like a whole like three guitarists actually during that time we had a keyboard player guy and a bunch of members like like known members of the csfa and we would go to people's houses to sing christmas carols with that for some crazy odd reason whoever was booking our our uh our uh our places to sing booked united noodles (laughs) <laughs> and we used to go we went there right and then we met the owner we met the uh you know like a bunch of people there and then we were sitting like between like produce and what was like produce and meat de- in their meat department and singing Christmas carols
1: <laughs> I remember I remember uh, doing carols and on stores
0: it seemed a bit weird Oh, but... it was weird. <laughs> I was like, what are we doing here? You know. But it was good because we got like who was it? Like they were really nice. They gave us like they had food in the offices for us and they had like like it was it was it was definitely a a fun thing and you know, pleasant surprise. We were hungry, so it was great that there was food there. Um
1: you, <laughs> at least you are able to perform in a grocery store because you you have food there yeah i think when i caroled this isn't csfa related it was just me caroling with i think my uh, with my girls pop choir in, from high school we performed in a furniture store
0: oh wow <laughs> weird. yeah it's just weird. <laughs> that is weird but though. yeah
1: back to, back to filipino grocery stores i'm hoping that more Either I, grocery stores or even restaurants will pop up more in the near future.
0: I think so. I mean, Filipino food, uh, Filipino restaurants are starting to pop up, which I'm really, really glad about. Yeah, there I'm are two, yeah, and there are two Phil. There are two Filipino food trucks that are, are roaming around the Twin Cities now. Pepoy so,
1: and. Um,
0: and Pinoy Fusion.
1: Oh, I was gonna say Manila, Manila Walk. Oh, those Manila. are restaurants.
0: Oh. oh, okay. Those are the restaurants, but I'm talking about the, the the food trucks that
1: oh, are out there. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, I mean, it's uh, you can now try Filipino foods without actually having to know a Filipino. <laughs> so. Yes,
1: yeah, so I'm hoping. I'm ho- I'm hoping that you know Filipinos would get more representation here.
0: Yeah, oh. However, according to Quora.com, Filipino food isn't that great. <laughs> it's not great, according to Quora.com. Quora.com. It's so dramatic. Know, <laughs> it
1: sounds like a fight is going to happen.
0: <laughs> so I ran across this... Uh, I don't know who wrote this because I don't see it anywhere on my, on my, um, (laughs) but it's from Cora.com and the headline says, why is Filipino food considered so much worse than the rest of Asia? I, I, I to that.
1: It sounds like something that a purist would say. Yeah. Like, like What? What was their reasoning?
0: Well, according to whoever wrote this, I don't know who wrote this, and I'm sorry, but yeah, you can find this on core.com under that headline. Um, Trying to give as much credit as I can. Um, (laughs) According to this person, he says that the reason why it's not as good as the other Asian... uh, eat cultural dishes and eat you know in that particular area thailand japan um china chinese you know vietnamese mm-hmm. all this is because he considers it oh ah oops sorry mistake um he considers it peasant food or or like you know just because we didn't have like a like a an elite class of people living in the in the in the philippines that the colon the culinary uh culture of the philippines did not develop as well
1: well to be fair the elite class is called spanish colonists that's true
0: if you want
1: filipino food it's because we were overrun by the spanish
0: yes so yes, we were a lot so of the, yeah, this, this was person
1: it? sounds like a purist
0: really. empanada empanadas are, are a spanish thing yep. right yep and what else is there a spanish like a lot of our baked goods
1: Adobo chicken
0: yeah spanish. spanish yeah a lot of our baked goods and some they're all like spanish derived foods and,
1: and I suppose if you're looking for appearances, yeah, they would look beautiful or or rich or whatever.
0: What was it because... I'm going. sorry. Keep going.
1: Well, it's because the rich were the Spanish.
0: Yeah. They were, yeah, I mean, you go to the Philippines, there's this place in, I think it's somewhere in Luzon where they restored like these old houses of, of uh, of the Spanish era, guess what? A lot of them were owned by the Spanish, you know, like these big mansions, and yeah, pretty much. yeah and I mean, it says that. Um. He says that there's also quite a lot of which don't have don't even have a distinct name like the myriad of ways we cook crabfish squid bread food breadfruit, etc because unlike other cultures we name dishes based on how they are prepared
1: <laughs> so we need to have a fancy name for everything is this what is that what that means or
0: yeah so you know like your 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 you know, your mom and dad's cooking something up in the in you know and he ask them like what's that called right I've, I've had this happen to me when I was growing up where my, my dad would cook something and I would ask him, what is that? You know? Yeah. And it literally is, he doesn't know the name. <laughs> and, right? Yeah.
1: Because it, it, it's like, I don't know, it's fried fish. Yeah. It's just that.
0: <laughs> it's fried fish, right? Bulad. Sun-dried fish. Right? I mean, it's I don't know. Like, I think, yeah, I think you're right. I feel like this person is like comparing Filipino foods to like other cuisines like like the French cuisines or the Italian cuisines or even like like you go to Japan and they have probably have dishes there that don't have names either. But we don't right. know about them because what we're used to especially in Japan that you go to the restaurant over there it's like proper high class or street food type places where they probably just made the name up like, I don't know, a month ago, <laughs> you know. Right. And it's to me, it's like, and it, you know, he. There's also a, a part in the article where people complain that it's too salty, too oily, too too strong, too whatever. In that, mm-hmm. the reason why is because it's it's basically the the rice is the center of the dish and everything else are just sides right
1: yeah
0: and like everything you know it's the rice and whatever goes on top of rice and the rice is what makes the balance of flavor more palatable because the rice is so bland that the the food that you're eating will no longer be as salty as strong as oily because of the rice. And I'll be it. I'll be the first one to say, right? Rice is the central thing in every Filipino table.
1: I think, <laughs> I well, no, I agree. I agree with you. Every Filipino dish is served with rice. And even if you look, if you, um, in the Tagalog, Tagalog language, we always have a thing, would you like more rice? Yeah. We have we have like three three ways of saying rice. One when it's still in its seed form. One that is cooked, and the other I forgot what the other one is. Yeah,
0: bugas, right? I I think so. I'm not quite sure. Yeah, and but everyone
1: everyone knows that kanin.
0: Yeah, kanin.
1: Yep, kanin is well. You have to also have to think about it the philippines are also known for their rice patties well of course then of course it would make sense that it's part of the philippine uh cuisine
0: yeah and what's wrong with that there's nothing wrong with that i think the i think it's one of those things where they expect like something to be more Beautiful or more artistic or whatever, you know. Like you go to a Filipino restaurant and it's like, you know, like it's not going to look like how they would plate Japanese food, Mm -hmm. right? Which is like it looks like an art, like it's delicate. You know, like everything is like meticulously like put on a plate, right? Mm -hmm. You know, or Thailand where you're either gonna have rice or rice you know, rice noodles mm-hmm. or salads or whatever, you know, like like really like layered you know, things that have been thought out. In the Philippines, I'll I'll give them this, right? Filipino food is comfort food. Yeah. There's no sure. such thing as there really is no such thing as high society foods right in the philippines whatever the, whatever that means where yeah. the filipino food is stuff that you would go to the philippines go to a restaurant and you would know the name it was like i want that mm-hmm. right because it's something that you know you know it's going to be good because either you were served it when you were a kid or whatever or or you're there you know, or you had a friend that happened to be Filipino and you remember that dish or whatever. You know, it's like that. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's like barbecue, you know, of the South. You know, it's like it's like, you know, grits or you know, or what, hamburgers for us. Right? right. Hamburgers is not high society food.
1: Yet it's right? an American staple.
0: It's an American thing, right? Yeah. You know, or what else? Like fries, you know, or pizza here, you know, it's not, those. They're, they're, we try to, I know I in the United States, we try to make it like higher than it usually is, you know, by making it more expensive because you happen to put like gold leaves in it or something or using Kobe beef instead of like mm-hmm. normal USDA beef or whatever. Or, you know, or making it, You know, making it more expensive than what you what it should be. In the Philippines, we don't try we don't I don't think we really mask our food. You know? No.
1: Um, which actually reminds me of a Netflix series called Ugly Food. Yeah. And it's basically what it is. It's basically food served as it is without any aesthetics added on to it. Yeah. And what it is is basically it's usually, it's uh, what I got from it is like, usually the uglier the food, the more authentic it is. Yeah. And that's what people, when they travel to another country, that's what they're looking for. Yeah. They're looking for authentic Filipino food. I don't think anyone would care if it was high class yeah. or not. Hence the reason why street food is such a big thing. You it's, get something very simple, yet yeah. true to the region.
0: Yeah, I had a I had a conversation with I had a conversation with one of my coworkers once and saying that when he went to Mexico, hmm. no, where is it? No, he went to Barbados or something like that. Okay, in the Caribbean. And guess what? He left the. He wanted to go try, authentic, you know, like foods from that that area. Guess what? He left, the resort. And went to, like a restaurant where the locals were. You know? Because that's where you find Because that's, that's where you find it, right? Right. And then I'm sure it wasn't pretty. I'm sure there wasn't there wasn't any you know, like you know, like you know, like what do you call it? Like you know garnish garnishments or anything like that. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean it's the same thing in the Philippines. When I go to the Philippines, you know, I don't go to You know, I go to the restaurants where, you know, where my friends go or whatever, you know. Right. And guess what? They're not pretty. As much as we try, I remember going to a restaurant. It was a fairly spendy restaurant, too. I went there, right? Mm -hmm. And and ordered a bunch of stuff, right? Okay. And guess what? They tried to make it look pretty, (laughs) you know and i sat here it's like okay i get what they're doing i get what they're because it was one of those like restaurants where you would conduct business in Mm -hmm. right yeah like where the bank the only reason why we knew this place was because my cousin worked at a bank and this is where she would go Mm. to you know for a meeting or whatever like that you know and she thought i would like it because you know, I'm from the United States, <laughs> I guess, you know. So we went <laughs> to this restaurant and they tried to pretty it up. And I was like, like it was good, but spending that much money just to pretty something up in terms of like, to make it, you know, it tasted the same in terms of like what I'm used to. And guess what? A couple days later, we went to street foods, right? Mm-hmm. That's like literally five cents a stick. right and we went there nothing was pretty you know i was eating everything from from intestines to probins to whatever you know Mm -hmm. and that's what if you want real authentic foods you know yeah you go to the streets you go to a you go to a restaurant you know a garandiria in the philippines right one of you those side, yeah, those side cafes that mm-hmm. a mom and pop side cafe, and those are the places. It's not going to look pretty, but neither is, or you know, you go to any other place in the in the world. They're not going to look pretty either. You go to J- Japan and go to their to a side rest, side street there, mm-hmm. right? And you're getting something in a bowl on a stick or whatever, All right? Right. And you're sitting there eating it with chopsticks. And nothing fancy. <laughs> nothing fancy, right? You can go fancy, you can dress it up, you know, but that doesn't necessarily mean that that's the culinary elite of the region. you know.:
1: I honestly think <laughs> that those that are looking for culinary things, they I, I honestly think that they don't care about authenticity. They are mostly looking yep. for high end stuff and I don't think I don't think that's practical.
0: No. It's whenever, whenever
1: someone travels, I think, like like why would I go to the Philippines when I want when I want a burger? Yeah. You know? I you think, come here in America where burgers are? When I go to the Philippines I want some balut, okay? Yeah. I can't find that here. I understand or that Well it's
0: not like, any of the good ones.
1: <laughs> and it's not, you know, it's disgusting to you know, based yeah. on Western standards because it's uh unfertilized duck egg. Yeah. But that's something that I grew up with. It's an acquired taste. I don't care. Yeah. But yeah. that is authentic to the Philippines. And I think that was the point. That's the point of traveling. Yeah. Whenever I go to the Philippines, I I don't wanna stuff myself with McDonald's. I do that at home.
0: Although going to McDonald's in the Philippines is a very it's something that to- it's something to experience. <laughs> if hey, if, I, if to experience. I go to a
1: fast food place in the Philippines, it's Jollibee. Yeah,
0: I'll go Jollibee. I
1: can't find any in Minnesota.
0: Yeah, you gotta go to Chicago for that. <laughs> Chicago or New Jersey or yeah.
1: California. It's none oh. in Minnesota. Which, come on, man! <laughs>
0: I took a picture. I, took, don't have to talk I took a picture of the, of the of the of the of the McDonald's menu in the Philippines. I took a picture of that thing, and when I came back and I showed my friends that, right? Mm-hmm. And they're going like, these are sp- these are spaghetti in the Philippines? Oh, yeah. And it's the like, spaghetti there is chicken? so
1: much different
0: than the spaghetti here. Yeah, and, and fried chicken with rice. Yep. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, that's how it is at the- McDonald's in the Philippines. Like, it's it's totally different from what you're experiencing, you know, we experience here in the in minnesota or or in the united states for that matter um yeah so, I one thing one thing i will say about critics in terms of like trying to you know when they write these things one thing that i was told by an instructor back in back in my college days was that you're cooking for you're essentially cooking for three people right mm-hmm. three audiences you're cooking for your friends or your family right okay You're cooking for a competition, and you're cooking for a critic, right? Or the public, you know, critic or the public, right? And all of those people are going to have different taste buds. Right. Right. So the key to it is you're trying to find out what their taste buds are, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Because one, a food for one person is going to taste absolutely delicious to a food f- to another person, right? right? And I think that's what's going on here. Like, I think it's like, like, I'm so used to, you know, like, fine dining experiences and, and really expensive stuff or whatever, like, dishes that cost $30 a plate, right? Versus mm-hmm. plates that are, you know, plates that... You know, you go to a friend's house in the Philippines, and this is what you, you're served, right? Okay. Or you're going to a a weekend Sunday after Sunday after church kind of thing. I think that's what's happening here. I don't know. I mean, to me, Filipino food is good, but I will tell you, I do have family that if you had you had pad Thai on one bowl and pancit in the other bowl, they would go for the pad Thai. Right. Right. And those are my relatives. Those are my Filipino relatives. Right? Right. Because one, they think it tastes better. And the other one, it's family. Right. And there's history behind it. But when it comes to taste, you know, let's go for bad Thai. <laughs> so. I
1: mean, if you are comparing it to, to other Asian cultures, yes. Other people's opinions will differ from food critics. Hence the reason why I only... I don't really pay much attention to what food no. critics' opinions because it's their opinion.
0: Yeah, the only which way could
1: differ than my taste buds.
0: Remember, we went to that one restaurant in St. Paul, and Craig said it was, it was like the thing. Oh yeah, remember I'm that? Pretty
1: said that that went.
0: Yeah, we went there, and we thought it was like, what's okay, happening? this what's happening to this? This is this is not right. You know, it did not taste. The only good thing that was there was like a sandwich, which is, you know, not to not to, you know, poo poo on sandwiches, but this was a high class restaurant, essentially.
1: Wait, what are we talking about? I think we're I think we're talking that about seafood place.
0: That seafood place near. Oh
1: um, well, that's okay because that is also
0: closed. <laughs> is it closed? <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, so I mean again, taste buds are different from each person and whoever rated that restaurant obviously did not have the same taste buds as I do or anybody on the table <laughs> you know on that table you know that was I was sitting next to. So that's what it is. If I f-
1: think, So yeah, this person basically said that this like the Filipino food isn't Classy enough, or isn't as fancy as the Japanese, or whatever. But I was like, Isn't that the point? I'm not everyone can be high class. As Filipinos, we aim to feed you, we don't care about aesthetics.
0: There was a Filipino restaurant that opened up in Minneapolis, downtown Minneapolis. I forgot what it was called, but the chef was a friend of my family's. And she was also the, she was actually one of the presidents of the CSFA. It was her son right okay they tried to do tapas style okay filipino tapas style very Mm -hmm. fancy you they were doing filipino foods in the sense of like of what the spanish small portion size share with your friends kind of thing right Mm -hmm. it didn't work because that's not what filipino food was all about you know they tried a thing i congratulate them for trying a thing and you know that's, that's the only way we can do things but it didn't work and when i first went there with when i first went there with the co-workers of mine they thought that was that's what filipino food was and i told them this is not what filipino is this is fancy filipino food and because you know like they would they would make like they would make like lumpia but it was like small portion-sized lumpia. Like they cut the mm-hmm. lumpia in half and that was it. And that was like nine bucks, <laughs> you know? Okay. Yeah, so it was, they tried something and it didn't work. And to me, I felt like this is not what lumpia, like if you want to go with like Filipino style restaurants, you know, it's more closer to like the Buca de Bepos of family. Because that's what Filip- yeah that's what Filipino food is all about. It's about family gatherings, yeah you know it's like big portions big big bowl of rice right in the middle of the table, you know with different other things around it that you mix with rice that's what it's all about it's it's communal, and doing it the way that they did it was like that went really against like mm. you know what what is to be you know. Filipino foods of what I was used to what I we came, come to know as family food you know so they've tried things they tried to make Filipino foods like fancy <laughs> you know as right. much as they can it just doesn't work I don't think it really works
1: <laughs> even, even even if you go if, uh, at least with my experience with going to the European uh, Filipino restaurants they're good but they'll never be, like, made from home. Good.
0: No. But that's it's biased.
1: <laughs> I mean, we're biased
0: when, it goes, when that's already right. happens. So.
1: Right, but 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 back to back to this, back to this, food critic, quote unquote. Shut up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know what? Here's the thing in minnesota you have the opportunity to taste filipino foods now there's restaurants here there's food trucks here um you can also you know as soon as covid's done right go to one of the societies and one of their events i will guarantee they're gonna have food there (laughs) oh yeah you know so try it out for yourself um see what it's like you know take i would take take critics with a grain of salt seriously i mean that's why we do that's why in our other podcasts before COVID happened we went to restaurants because we wanted to see exactly what these places served up how they were what they tasted like we were surprised some of the highest rated ones weren't rating as well as we thought we would for ourselves Mm -hmm. the ones that are like the great you know like the things that we would never really go to We never find out about. It. And they're like mom and pop restaurants. They were excellent.
1: Yeah. And you don't Places read that... those type of restaurants are yeah. in like the paper or whatever, because they never get the attention that they deserve.
0: Yeah. And it's just like driving down the street and saying, Oh, I wonder what that place is like. And you go there and you try it out. Those are, that's always been my recommendation for people who are trying to be more adventurous in their day you know in foods in mm-hmm. restaurants in cafes just go in there and order a thing <laughs> you yeah. know see what it's like you know you might be surprised you might find a new place to you know place to order you know this and especially during this covid time the ones that you like support them you know support them so and you might
1: be <laughs> you know surprised of the dishes that 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 are that are being served Mm Because we went to this one place, it was the first time that I tried frog legs. I didn't think that I would like frog legs until I tried it.
0: And it was excellent. (laughs) I liked it.
1: (laughs) Oh Well, no, I I liked it. And, you know, people are like, ew, frog legs. But actually go ahead and taste it. It's not bad at all. It's actually quite tender.
0: Yeah, I had tripa for the first time a lo- over at a over a Mexican taco place over in Lindale and not Lindale, it was Nicollet, and it was it was really good. I don't know what they did to that thing, but I thought I was going to hate it. I thought it was going to taste gamey.
1: <laughs> and you wouldn't you wouldn't have tried it unless you yeah. challenged yourself.
0: Yeah, challenge it. I paid the three bucks. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's 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 the whole point of being adventurous and. in in cuisines and and, in foods you know try filipino foods trust me i think you're gonna like it if you like especially if you like rice (laughs) you know (laughs) you've never had rice the way the filipinos would eat rice i'm telling you Um, it is
1: And i'm pretty sure in future podcast episodes uh we will go on and yes uh we'll talk more about food because evan and i are heavy foodies
0: (laughs) i'm a heavy foodie yes i mean i cook I cook a lot. And I'll tell you one thing. COVID-19, one of, the, one of the things I I that was a positive during this whole entire time, I learned how I, I was cooking Filipino foods of foods that I've never thought I would cook. And, you know, open up a res- recipe. I found recipes that my mom had. For some reason, I had it, and I started cooking them. And it just brought me home. And that's how that's what food is, you know, it's culture. So, you know, it takes you back to a time of, you know, better times than COVID-19. <laughs> so.
1: Isn't that fact?
0: Yeah. All right. All right. So that's it for us. Um, hope you enjoyed this, hanging out with us, talking about food. Um, some news that happens in the Philippines, talking about things that are going on, um, with, uh, the Philippine culture, um, and before I mess this whole up, whole thing up, I'm gonna go back to our theme music, and we will see you next time. This is a hollow, hollow hangout um, for January third, twenty twenty one, and. This is going to be, again, this is a by uh, every other week podcast. And hopefully, we will bring you more stuff that we find out in the world of the Filipino, Filipina in the United States and Minnesota. So, there it is. Pam, you got anything else?
1: Nope. My name is Pam. Um, You could find me on Twitter at PandaCatDragon1. Oh,
0: that's right. Yeah, you can find me. My name is Edwin. You can find me on T-Cities Edwin on Twitter. And you can also find me at DIY Edwin where I make stuff. um, And try out new things.
1: Also, we can be found on Facebook under Legend Creators. Where you could find us for this podcast as well as our other podcast, Dungeons, Dinings, and Dorks.
0: Yep. And that's it. We'll see you next time on Hollow Hollow Hangouts. See ya. All right. See ya.